My name is Justin Redimer, and I am the men's director at Three Crosses Church and the principal of Redwood Christian High School. And this is part two of the cultural mandate on making and ruling. As men, we inherit the common grace of Adam in our daily lives and share this grace with both believers and non-believers. As Matthew 5.45 tells us, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Last week's rainstorms didn't discriminate based on the faithfulness of men, nor did the flooding affect only the ungodly. And this puts us in a difficult situation regarding how Christians make and rule in ways that are different and perhaps better than the non-Christians in our world. We obviously have plenty of examples of professing Christians ruling and governing in ways contrary to the good and without benefit of the people or the entity they rule. Yet, we are forced to wrestle with the reality that the Christian must have some benefit from the grace of Christ Jesus extended through faith and knowledge of the Holy Spirit. This is a critical issue, close to the heart of the age-old Christian dispute about the two kingdoms, a debate that goes back to Augustine's City of God, and possibly further, and one which is extended throughout the centuries. Here, for example, is Calvin on 1 Corinthians 6, and whether Christians have the ability through their faith to judge civil disputes, dividing the arts. For it is as if one should say, the saints are endowed with heavenly wisdom which immeasurably transcends all human doctrines. Therefore, they can judge better as to the stars than astrologers. Now this no one will allow, and the ground of objection is obvious, because piety and spiritual doctrine do not confer a knowledge of human arts. So my answer here is this, that between expertness in judging and other arts, there is this difference, that while the latter are acquired by acuteness of intellect and by study, and are learned from masters, the former depends rather on equity and conscientiousness. In Calvin's analysis, the ruling part is based on equity and conscientiousness, but the making on intellect, studiousness, and learning. Then we are left with the question of providential blessings of the practical undertakings of righteous Christians, namely that there is a practical blessing arranged through the general course of providence, and especially for those who are faithful and righteous. Promises of this kind associated with piety and obedience, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Exodus 20.12 Or the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. James 5.16. Maybe we should think of it this way. What is the general relation between human virtue, prudence, temperance, courage, justice, ignoring specific questions about the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, or love, and various practical good outcomes? In general, those who are brave, temperate, prudent, and just are more likely to succeed in practical terms. On the whole of two men, one brave and one cowardly, the brave man will be more likely to provide for his family, succeed in his callings, do right by those who he governs. But not necessarily. 
Maybe the brave man dies saving a school of orphans from a fire. Nevertheless, he will succeed in a distinctive way, which is acknowledged by all as better than the cowardly man. With the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, he is also more likely to succeed, but he is guaranteed to live his life in a distinctive way that witnesses to the goodness of God and glorifies him. An example of this would be the repenting thief on the cross versus the unrepentant thief. These two criminals crucified on either side of Christ deserve their death, but where both fail, one also succeeds. For this day, you will be with me in paradise. That account, I think, is the base account. But there is a stronger position we can take that says Christian faith is likely to affect what Christians do and improve it in all sorts of ways, in the way truth and righteousness does any activity. Does one who understands the principles of an art practice it better? For example, does the one who knows music theory make better music? Again, I think it improves their chances. And more deeply, the music making will itself be better for having an understanding of music. But also, music as an art has factually advanced on the backs of those who know music theory in an important way. The music of those who know music theory is just greater than naive folk music over the long haul. Here, there is a corporate element. Maybe one naive musician is better than a knowledgeable one. But the informed civilization produces greater music than the one without music theory with great certainty. The knowledge of Christ is the same for our lives. <laughs>